Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome in, everybody, to another podcast here on mazebrew.com. Future Brew, Michigan football recruiting coming at you. We've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, so we're just going to get right into it. I'll introduce uh, my lovely co-host, per usual, John Simmons, our Maze of Brew uh, Michigan football recruiting contributor. Sir, uh, how you doing today? It's been quite the busy week in the uh, Michigan football recruiting world. Yeah, been pretty busy. I've been pretty busy, so lots to talk about uh, to go over here with uh, Michigan recruiting. Yeah, you've been busy. I've been busy. Um, I'm sure Jim Harbaugh and his staff over in Ann Arbor have been busy. I mean, everybody's been busy. This is supposed to be spring break. There's no break going on, man. I mean, it, it, this never stops. Recruiting is 24, seven, 365, And it, it, it just, it, it's never going to end. And, uh, luckily that means we get to talk about stuff all the time. Uh, so let's get right into it because, We've got a lot to talk about today, including a decommitment and an update on the spring game visitors, because there is an update on there, some uh, additions and subtractions. So we'll get to that. But let's start with the latest addition to Michigan's 2023 class, and that is from running back Benjamin Hall. He is from the state of Georgia, stands at 5'10", weighs 225 pounds. He is currently not ranked on the composite, but is a three-star according to 24-7 Sports' personal rankings. He had other offers from South Carolina, Purdue, Minnesota, 
Cincinnati, Utah is a good running back program. A few others thrown in there as well. This past season for him, he ran for 543 yards and had eight touchdowns. He averaged 5.7 yards per carry, which is a pretty good number there. The interesting thing here, though, is that he put those numbers up and he wasn't even the leading rusher on his team last year. Uh, That title belonged to his fellow 2023 classmate, three-star quarterback, Malachi Singleton, who uh, ran for more than 1,000 yards last season. So it was not even the leading rusher on his team. Very interesting uh, development there. But he visited Ann Arbor shortly before committing uh, just a couple weeks back. So he was able to see everything up close, uh, including meeting his main recruiter and his future running backs coach, Mike Hart. He also gave some positive comments about Jim Harbaugh to uh, Bryce Merrick over at the Michigan Insider. So that's always good to see as well. And he is the second running back to join Michigan's 2023 class alongside in-state four-star Cole Cabana, who, in my opinion, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, I think he will serve as a great complement to Cole Cabana as more of the bruiser, short yardage type of running back. I'm not saying that he doesn't have any speed to his game, uh, but that is more so the role I think that uh, he will play in his future in, in college ball in Ann Arbor. So, John, let's start with Benjamin Hall as a prospect himself. And then I want to get your thoughts about uh, the position, uh, running back position in general for 2023. So what do you think about Hall at this point in his development? Because I still find it rather interesting that the Wolverines would take a player like him so early in the cycle. And he hasn't even really been like the full-time starter or at least not the full-time rusher on his offense. And I don't really see that happening if his quarterback uh, is back for his senior season in high school, ran for a thousand yards last year, uh, will very likely do that again this year, or at least attempt to. So just very interesting. Michigan would take a guy like him uh, so early in the cycle here. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, they really needed to take him right now either. I think they probably could have gotten him later, um, but I do think they wanted, they saw him as a compliment to Cabana, like you alluded to there. I think that's kind of why they uh, fell in love with him. Why Mike Hart uh, prioritized him so much. Um, you know, I think he's, you know, that 225 um, may, means he's a much bigger back, uh, be able to kind of move the chains, maybe probably more in the Hassan Haskins mode, probably even bigger. So um, I think it'll be good to see if he can handle more of a workload um, in high school, if they give him the ball more, um, you know, he does play um, some really good competition there. North Cobb is loaded with talent, you know, Joshua Joseph's from last year. Um, Andre Stewart, Marquise Groves, Killebrew, like a lot of targets that uh, Michigan was fairly involved with um, came from that school last year. So I think he's going up against good competition. Um, But yeah, you'd like to see him get some more production um, as a high schooler and hopefully uh, keep developing there. Just kind of see how he goes from uh, junior to senior year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be really interested in honing in on him during his senior season, if he's still around 
um, uh, in this class, not saying that he, he won't be, but uh, these things happen with uh, low-ranked players that end up committing and uh, later have to back off because uh, the staff wants to go another way. So I, I'm not trying to elude that that's going to happen here, but it's happened before. Wouldn't be super surprised if it happened again, but I'm with you. I, I don't think they um, should have taken him so early in the cycle, um, it, just because they have so many others on the board still. And, and I, I do understand the the thunder to the lightning of Cole Cabana, uh, the four-star, their other running back commit in this class, who is more of a speedster, more of like a, um, uh, like, I guess just the lightning and, uh, and, and Benjamin Hall is, is the thunder uh, in this uh, running back uh, duo here and and I know that Michigan wanted to take a couple guys in this last cycle it just didn't work out for them they tried to swing uh, for the fences with Andrew Paul very late in the 2022 class he ended up committing elsewhere I think he went to Georgia and then they went for the Arizona State uh, running back in the transfer portal and swung and missed on him he ended up going to Ohio State to play linebacker so a complete change of, of of position and everything there uh, for him, but uh, it, it just seems like a little bit of a desperation take here super early. And I, I'm not trying to be super critical of Benjamin Hall as a, a prospect by any means. He does have other good offers uh, on his belt, like South Carolina. And I do value the Utah um, offer as well. They've always evaluated the running back position very well. And uh, Minnesota, Purdue, Cincinnati, a few other very nice offers there as well. But with the other guys that they are recruiting in this cycle, um, it, it just seemed a little bit too early for for them to take a guy like Hall, especially the one guy that they're recruiting that I'm uh, pretty high on, John, is a four-star running back Mark Fletcher. And he also recently visited Ann Arbor. So I just don't understand why Michigan would accept the commitment from Benjamin Hall when they had another running back who is more highly regarded and highly ranked and very talented like Mark Fletcher had him visit Ann Arbor just a couple weeks ago. I'm sure that's probably rubbing him the wrong way at this moment in time, even though it's reported that Michigan is going to keep recruiting him. And I would imagine some of the other top guys left on their board. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, to me, John just seems like a bit early here. Um, I know that they want uh, multiple backs in this 2023 class, but with Fletcher and some of the other guys still on the board, I, I just, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm kind of shaking my head. It's a little too soon for this in my opinion, but again, I'm not like a scout or an evaluator or one of the coaches on the coaching staff. So uh, they probably don't care what I think. Uh, I'm sure they're ecstatic to have Benjamin Hall as a part of the class, but I think that if they want to take another guy in this class, I think it's going to be hard to convince Mark Fletcher to join a class that already has two running backs. Yeah. You kind of like to see Mike Hart, you know, fight for recruitment um, for these higher rated guys, rather than settling for guys he made evaluations on, you know, I trust him having a good eye for running back talent, but there, I think there's guys with higher ceilings out there that could prove to be more down the, down the road. Um, so I agree that it's going to be hard to sell another guy to join the, the class of two running backs already in it. Um, I mean, they'll probably try to pitch Cabana as kind of a slot running back hybrid, but he just got a big bump by ESPN today, which 
I don't really value their rankings that much, but it did put them in the top 250 in the country. So, you know, it kind of makes it a little more daunting. Uh, Michigan having a high ranked running back like that in the class. So um, we'll see if they can convince another guy to join, but I'm not sure they're quite at that level yet where they can stack these guys in a single class. Yeah, probably not. Um, And I did see that ranking update by ESPN as well. Um, I don't really value their rankings either, John, to be honest with you. I, I mean, on Maze and Brew, I've always gone with 24 seven. They always seem to have the best evaluations. I trust what they have. If, if more often than not, if Michigan offers a guy that isn't ranked on the composite, but is slowly building up momentum on 24 sevens, personal rankings, I kind of have like a pretty good feeling that player is going to end up blowing up at some point. Xavier worthy is like the, the the shining gold star example of that uh, with Michigan was completely unranked uh, when they offered him ends up being a top 100 wide receiver at the end of the day, had a great freshman season for Texas. It's it's a shame that didn't work out. So yeah, I I don't, uh, I don't put a ton into the ESPN rankings, but it, it is nice to see that, um, even on 24 sevens rankings, uh, Cole Cabana has slowly crept up in those rankings as well. Wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top 200 by the time it's all said and done on the composite. So yeah, man, I mean, with this is kind of a head scratcher and I completely agree with your sentiment that you would like to see Mike Hart kind of go for some of those top guys. It, 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 I saw a comment on one of the boards and I can't remember which one it was, John, but they were saying how it seems like Mike Hart is still recruiting for Indiana. Like he can't recruit these top guys because of whatever reason, like he, it seems like he's recruiting for the university of Indiana, not a great football program by any means. They don't usually get a ton of top ranked talent. And at this point it kind of seems that way because the one running back that he got in the last cycle was CJ Stokes. And he was, what what ranking was he, John? Like seven fifty ish, top eight hundred. Yeah, something around there. He was like an eighty six something on the composite. It it wasn't high. It, it wasn't it wasn't a high ranking by any means. And now, obviously, Cole Cabana, great talent. Uh, he's he's rising in the ranking still, like around the 200, 250 area as of right now. But Benjamin Hall, I mean, it, there's no indication to me that he's going to end up rising in the rank. So just um just a bit of a head scratcher there um, from me at least. Any other final thoughts from you, John? I feel like I've taken up all all this time. I want to give you some time if you still have anything left to say about this. No, not really. I think we covered it all well. I think that point of, you know, elevating hearts recruiting is definitely uh, valid. Uh, Just, you know, you'd like to see him recruit to Michigan's caliber. Absolutely. And, and I'm not like, I'm not uh, raising a red flag by any point at this at this point in the cycle, it's as of this recording, it's April 4th. So it's, uh, it's still very early. I wouldn't go sounding the alarms just yet for the running back position or this class in general. Uh, but just, you know, hang tight. We'll certainly see how this goes. And hopefully, uh, down the road, the evaluations end up panning out in Mike Hart's favor, but let's get to, uh, the decommitment from over the past week. That came over the weekend from 2023 three-star tight end, Andrew Rappelier. And not only did he decommit from Michigan, but he flipped 
his commitment right over to a Big Ten rival in the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, He committed to Michigan back in January when Jay Harbaugh was still his position coach, but a lot of changes have happened since then. And Grant Newsom is now running the tight end room for the Wolverines. Um, it, It really seemed though, even when he committed, really seemed like his heart was still with Penn State this entire time. And he even admitted in his uh, decommitment post on Twitter that he committed to Michigan too soon. He more or less alluded to Penn State being the school he always wanted to be at. So to me, um, it kind of sounds like Penn State either didn't have room for him at the time or he just wasn't a take at all. Obviously, he's a take now with him flipping over to Penn State. So that point, it, it, it doesn't really matter at this point. Uh, what the situation was, he is now locked in with James Franklin and Penn State. So, John, it, it, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, Michigan really liked him as a prospect. They took him in early. He uh, was a set to be that patented uh, Northeast slash Massachusetts tight end recruit that gets locked in early, and then they kind of just go all out for some of the other top tight ends in the cycle. Obviously that's not going to change or that is going to change now with him decommitting going to Penn state. But honestly, if there's one position that Michigan can have a decommitment happen for, I would say it's probably tight end. They're pretty loaded at the position as of right now. What are your feelings pertaining to him decommitting and going to Penn state? Yeah, this one was a strange one overall. Um, you know, he really was pining for that Michigan offer. Um, he visited for the game at the end of the season, but they didn't offer then. Um, then he made it a visit uh, during the offseason. They finally offered and he committed pretty soon after. And it was kind of surprising that he committed um, right then, which, you know, when a commitment comes out of the blue like that, a lot of the times you can kind of expect that to uh, that feeling to kind of fade away as the recruitment goes on and that prospect ends up opening things up again which happened here um it is kind of weird that he didn't just commit to penn state um you know visited there a bunch of times already he clearly liked them the most um so i don't know what was going on behind the scenes um they do have two tight end commits already um in their class so rapidly is the third so maybe they weren't taking three until something happened recently where um that they decided that they were going to take a third and rapidly was ready to jump in so who knows, but uh, I don't think, uh, you know, it's going to be that big of a loss, like you said. Um, you know, Michigan got like Deacon Tonielli uh, back on campus pretty recently, and that was kind of pretty soon after the um, Rapplier, like rumors and stuff about him taking other visits started happening. So I think they kind of, the Michigan staff knew that this was coming. Um, so they're just kind of preparing. They just offered Kate Eldridge to um, recently a guy who they had had on campus before and evaluated. So I think they're just kind of opening up the board a little bit and going after some more targets. Yeah, I think so too. And I was going to bring up Deacon Tonielli as well, because Michigan clearly going to have to look elsewhere for tight ends in this class. And Deacon Tonielli is the guy that I really think it begins and ends with. Um, he's from the Chicago area in Illinois. He's 6'6", 215. Uh, he's a three-star on the composite, but he's a four-star on 24-7's personal ranking. So he definitely has a shot to increase that composite ranking, potentially get uh, to that fourth star. We'll see 
he's a little bit off right now. He's in the 500s. Uh, so it, it is likely that he continues to increase his ranking as the cycle goes on, though. Um, so it, he's a highly athletic kid, plays track and field, plays basketball. Um, obviously going to have to improve his blocking. He's more of like a go down the field and catch a football tight end. So <laughs> it, more of like a, a, a giant wide receiver. So all the traits are there for him to be a high quality tight end in the future. He's just got to put it all together. Um, Eldridge, obviously being another guy uh, that you brought up, I think those are probably the two most likely tight ends that Michigan uh, ends up uh, acquiring in this class. Um, But honestly, if Michigan only landed one guy and it was Tony Ellie, I would be pretty happy if I were Jim Harbaugh and Grant Newsom with how things played out because like I said earlier, the, the tight end room, it's, it's pretty stacked. I, obviously you're going to have Eric all leave after this year. Um, I, I was kind of surprised he even came back for his senior season. I, I thought he could have went pro uh, Luke Schoonmaker is going to be gone. Uh, Joel Honigford is going to be gone. And uh, Carter Seltzer is also going to be gone uh, with all of those guys uh, running out of eligibility in college. So that's going to leave you still with a few guys that I think very highly of. I think Colson Loveland is a future star at Michigan. I was saying all of this before his uh, showing at the spring game this past weekend, which if you hadn't watched it, he, he made a few really nice plays. And the fact that he's getting involved in these spring practices, I think he's going to be involved this fall as well. So you got him, you got Lewis Hansen. You got Matthew Hibner. Uh, you got some guys in that tight end room uh, to to kind of make up for a loss, like Andrew Rapolier decommitting and going to Penn State. Obviously, you don't like him going to a Big Ten rival. It is what it is at this point. So w- with it being the tight end position, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I really like Tony Alley. Uh, Eldridge, I, I haven't seen a ton of, if I'm being honest. So I don't want to give like a, a, an improper opinion because I, I honestly haven't watched any film on him at all I got to get around to doing that but uh do do you have any insight on him as a prospect John because I I feel like Tony Elliott's more of a he's got to work on the blocking is is Eldridge kind of is he pretty similar um I haven't watched Eldridge either but just based off his measurables he's six four and a half two thirty five so pretty light um I think he's probably more of a flex guy um, as well, I actually think Tony Ellie he kind of grown into more of the inline guy um, mm-hmm. after some development and have uh, Eldridge, if they get both to be like the flex, you know, off the line guy that Rapley was kind of projected to be too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Um, they're also going, they're still going after Riley Williams, who's like the top hundred kid from Portland. Um, haven't heard much from that lately, though, but um, I think that's just another name to keep an eye on. Yeah, I. I did put him, uh, Riley Williams, I did put him in the uh, decommitment story that I wrote on maisonbrew.com regarding Rappelier as another tight end option. I I don't know how realistic an option he is. I think he's going to be like the swing for the fences guy, Um, but who knows? We'll see. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath for that one by any means, but I think it's uh, pretty likely that if Michigan is able to, uh, you know, really continue recruiting Deacon Tonielli, I, I think he will wind up being the tight end of this class. And honestly, I, I think I, if I were them, I'd only take one. I don't think they need to personally. I, I would save the scholarship for another position that they need to upgrade. 
and go from there. But I, I think Tony Ali is, is good enough. And I think he'll be a solid tight end in the future. Um, so yeah. Uh, that, any other final thoughts from you, John? Uh, not really. Um, I do think that two isn't necessary. I think they have a lot of young, exciting guys. Yeah. I, I think one is plenty, honestly. Um, you know, all the guys that I mentioned, I, I think they're, they're just fine at the tight end position. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show today with a very quick discussion on the spring game. It wasn't a crazy turnout uh, for Michigan as far as recruits go, uh, especially considering that Nicholas Harbor, the five-star defensive lineman, was not able to make it due to what you probably saw on Twitter of him blowing up uh, due to his track speed. And if you hadn't really seen it, uh, before, I mean, we've been preaching this on future brew and maze for a long time. The dude's fast. Uh, so he wasn't in Ann Arbor, uh, unfortunately, but there was a pretty good surprise visitor, John. And that was 2023 four-star defensive back Aaron Gates. And he is currently committed to play at Florida, but with the staff turnover, uh, in Gainesville, it's becoming more likely, um, honestly, more likely by the day that Gates opens back up his recruitment, especially now that he took this visit to Ann Arbor. He's six feet, 180 pounds. He's from Sharpsburg, Georgia. He is ranked number 276 overall on the composite, and he can play both defensive back and wide receiver. He's listed as an athlete on 24-7 sports, so uh, throw him at both, but he's being highly highly recruited by Steve Klinkscale. So they want him uh, in the defensive backfield. Uh, in the last few weeks, he also took an unofficial visit to Florida State who offered him uh, just a couple months back. So it's looking more likely that he is going to decommit from Florida and check out these other options a little bit more in depth like Michigan and Florida State, two programs that he has visited very recently. So Again, John, uh, the initial visitors list wasn't too crazy. So it, it really is nice to see a highly regarded surprise visitor like Aaron Gates show up at the spring game this past weekend and uh, give some hope uh, for what might be to come uh, for the cornerback and or safety. I guess he could play both uh, defensive back recruiting in this class because it's kind of been lacking a little bit. So it's nice to see that he wound up on campus. Yeah, and I think you kind of look at, um, you know, Florida just got a bunch of crystal balls for two, like, really highly touted cornerbacks in uh, Kermani and McLean and uh, Tony Mitchell. So I think that could probably is probably also playing a factor here um, and makes sense why um, he may be looking around to different schools here. And I think Michigan's put themselves in a good spot here to kind of swoop in and take him. Um, so We'll see, you know, I'm sure he's going to take lots of visits. Um, it would probably be a tougher pull from the south, but uh, I do think that was good to get him up on campus and kind of get some momentum here. Um, it's going to be kind of hard to recruit defensive back with the class they took last year. Um, but I think that, you know, they still need a, a couple of quality guys here. And I think Gates definitely fits the bill. Yeah, Gates is a uh, highly regarded prospect in his own right, even with Florida picking up those crystal balls for the few other highly touted cornerback prospects. So, I mean, at this point, if I'm Florida, 
you kind of just let him walk and you take those two guys. I, I think that would be a, a pretty decent trade um, given all of the uncertainty uh, happening with Florida's coaching staff over the last few months. It, it's pretty crazy what's been going on. They're still recruiting like nothing's ever changed really. So, um, uh, or, or even better um, uh, potentially down the road. So we'll see, but yeah, it, it certainly was nice to see Aaron Gates down there uh, in Ann Arbor this past weekend. Uh, Steve Klingscale making a huge effort for him. Uh, let's circle back real quick, John, to Harbor not showing up this past weekend. It certainly is a bummer, uh, but the interest is not lost by any means because his defensive lineman teammate uh, in the 2023 class, three-star defensive lineman Joseph uh, Mupoyi, was still able to make it to Ann Arbor for the spring game and reportedly had a really, really good time. Uh, EJ Holland had a, a really great story over on uh, the Wolverine.com on three network there. It really seemed like Mopoyi had a really good time. So that's great to see. So the plan is for him and Harbor to eventually visit Michigan later this spring together. When exactly that happens is still to be determined. So uh, don't freak out by any means that Harbor didn't make this visit. He had this track meet. Uh, that he had scheduled already. So it it sounds like he would have been in Ann Arbor had this not happened. Um, So Michigan, uh, in my opinion, John, Michigan's still in a pretty good spot with Harbor, uh, despite him not visiting. He's visited previously, so he already knows what Michigan has to offer. But getting him back eventually will certainly help uh, with a potential commitment down the road. Yeah, I don't think him not going to the game here is really – um, indicative of anything bad towards Michigan. I'm, I think it's the status quo from before. Um, but beginning Mupoyi up is a, is definitely a nice uh, benefit in its own right. You know, he's a good prospect by himself. He's only played football for a year, but has um, picked up a few good offers so far. And I think he has a really high ceiling. Um, and I think last week when we talked about him, I said that they weren't really a package deal. But then I saw Harbor call. Mupoyi, his brother, and like uh, I think they're really close and we're planning on taking visits together. So I've kind of flipped that and think that getting Mupoyi would be a really great um, advantage in Harbor's recruitment as well. So it'd be a great way to get two um, defensive uh, edge prospects with probably some of the highest ceilings in all the country. Yeah, it, it really sounds like Mike Elston is recruiting Mupoyi like a top target on the board. I would imagine he probably is somewhere. Um, not probably not too far away from Harbor. Uh, they've been recruiting Mupoyi very, very hard as well. So I, I wouldn't think that they're recruiting him solely to help with Harbor. I don't think that's the case at all. So it's really good that he was able to get back on campus, highly regarded prospect in his own right. And uh, we'll certainly see if that ends up uh, helping down the road. If he does commit to Michigan, it certainly can't hurt. Uh, one more guy that I want to talk about, John, Uh, who ended up coming to Michigan for this spring game that we didn't discuss last week. He was not on the initial visitors list. So this was also kind of a surprise to me, at least I didn't see this anywhere, John, Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a three-star offensive lineman in the 2023 class, Kobe Keenum. He is six, four, 300 pounds. He's from the state of Alabama. He is ranked number 591 on the composite has other offers from the likes of Penn State, Notre Dame, Florida State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, a few others thrown in there as well. He is likely to project inside 
at the next level. And it sounds like Sharon Moore has made a pretty big move with him. Uh, he's probably among the top interior offensive line prospects on Michigan's board at this point. Sounds like they really like him. So um, I wouldn't be stunned if Michigan was at or near the top of the list for Keenum at this point with uh, the other offers. And I'm not sure if he's visited any of these other schools, but it really sounds like there's a lot of mutual interest in, in this one here, John. Yeah. Being from Alabama, I think he actually seems pretty um, likely to come up North. He doesn't have um, offers from Auburn or Alabama yet. So, you know, there's not that pull keeping him down there. Um, I think he's kind of willing to leave home. Um, and, you know, Michigan's been trying to get into Alabama for a while now, make more of a move there, um, targeting lots of guys there. So I think Keenum's a good uh, start to that and uh, could definitely help uh, along the interior of the line there. Um, I think he's a pretty good prospect there, probably a center guard, like you said, but he still has good uh, length for, for his size. Any other prospects that I missed, John, that you wanted to touch on? Because, I mean, there were a few others that didn't end up making it up um, to Michigan this past weekend. But, um, um, you know, none as big as Harbor by any means. So did did I miss anybody or did you want to talk about anybody very quickly here? Uh, Not really. There's Edwin Spillman was like a top 100 linebacker, but he's in the 24 class. Um, That was good because I think Ohio State's kind of making a move there. So it's good to get him on campus, but there really weren't that many other guys of note. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, uh, that is all the time we have for this edition of future brew. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where can the fine folks follow you on Twitter? At Simmons underscore John. Give Maze and Brew a follow a like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. We're probably there. Uh, five-star reviews on all of our podcasts would be much appreciated. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and to all of our podcasts here on the Amazing Brew Podcast Network. We would certainly appreciate all your support as well. For John Simmons, I'm Vaughn Lozon. We'll talk to you guys next week with another edition of Future Brew.